0: In a world called Craig's List.
1: Hi, Craig. Hi, Carla. How are you?
0: Good. How are you?
1: Good. Good morning.
0: Good morning.
1: Um, Welcome to a Carla's List episode.
0: Hey, it's good to be here. (laughs) I'm I'm honored to be your guest for a Carla's List. Guess what? 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 What?
1: I forgot to prepare an opening.
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well, that's abundantly clear already because we don't typically start an episode with Hi, Craig, Har, Carla. We start with an immaculately organized (laughs) tribute to the movie in the form of a monologue or a character or something. The whole deal with doing a Carla's List is that all the responsibilities that I normally have are shifted over to you. Is that, res-
1: is that the deal? I don't know if that's the deal. I think the deal is to take a break from Craig's stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the responsibilities that you normally have, <laughs> i.e. nothing, <laughs> other than other than watching the movie, are trans- transferred over to me.
1: I don't know. It's just not really my style to open with a written opening. It's more my style just to like casually converse. Okay. But what if I did this? Let's pretend like we're starting over again. Okay. And I opened with Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice.
0: It's showtime.
1: <laughs> See? Okay. That's good.
0: There. That's an opening. Yeah. That's if we say that's an opening, that's an opening.
1: Great. Uh how are you doing?
0: Great. We just saw each other a few days ago in Portland. Now we're in our separate cities for another month or so.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. I'll be in L.A. next week.
0: You'll be in L.A. next week. We will see each other. We just won't be living in the same place for another six weeks oh, or so. Oh,
1: thank God.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, boy. Um. So, on today's episode, we are talking about one of my favorite movies, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice.
0: <laughs> Rule of three is we're going to stick to it all throughout the episode.
1: Yeah. And so, um, why don't you tell them about Beetlejuice? <laughs>
0: yeah, no fucking way. <laughs>
1: um, well, know?
0: this is it's a 1988 <laughs> film directed by Tim Burton.
1: Yeah, and it stars Winona Ryder and Michael Keaton and Catherine O'Hara. Uh-huh. Gina Davis, Alec Baldwin. And uh, a guy named Jeffrey Jones, right? That, Jeffrey that's, Jones. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So, see, I know that much stuff. Um, and it's a movie about a couple, a recently deceased couple, played by Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin, whose home is bought by another couple from the city, uh, Catherine O'Hara and Jeffrey Jones, and their teenage the, daughter.
0: The city being New York City.
1: Yeah. And so they live in the country and they die. We see them alive and then they drive off a bridge by accident.
0: Within five minutes yeah. of the movie starting, they're dead.
1: Hey, hey, let me talk. And, <laughs> 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 and they, so then they're, they're stuck in their home and this, this couple from the city come in and they buy the house and they want to redo it and make it more modern and it freaks Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin's characters out. And so the idea is, is that they're trying to get these people out of their house. And in order to do that, they enlist the help of a demonic demon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the worst kind of demon is those demonic demons.
1: <laughs> really doubling down on the demon stuff named Beetlejuice. Uh, and in order to, uh, enlist Beetlejuice's help, they have to say his name three times. So that's kind of the basic plot of this movie. How is that?
0: Yeah. Uh I think you got the broad strokes there.
1: Yeah, which I prefer as opposed to an essay.
0: <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> low blow, low blow. <laughs>
1: um so what are we going to So say?
0: it's basically it's basically an anti-remodeling movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, I think It's
0: anti-interior decorator.
1: I think the interesting thing about it is that the Writer of it who had the original idea it was rewritten many times before it was made it to the big screen. Uh, but the guy who had the original idea for it wanted to write a movie about, um, a haunting, but the, it was actually the ghosts that were the nice people and the people who moved into the house that were awful. Oh. Which I think is a really interesting hook and wasn't necessarily something that I consciously thought of when I watched the movie, but now that You know, I read that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's really a really fun spin on that whole haunted house idea.
0: Yeah, that's there. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, And then it turned into many things. Originally, I think it was a horror movie. uh, But it was like too much, too scary, too crazy. So then they made it more of a comedy and then Tim Burton got involved and –
0: the rest is history.
1: The rest is history. So it's it's been 30 years since Beetlejuice was released. Can you believe that?
0: I can believe that because I saw it in the theater when it came out. Me too. Uh, I would have been uh, – did it come out in the summer of 88? It would have been between my freshman and sophomore years in college.
1: I'm guessing that it was the summer because I went to see it with my friend. I had We had a sleepover and then her mom – went to see a different movie and let us go see Beetlejuice. And we were probably only eight years old. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely remember sitting in the theater with Tara Wilcox was her name. And we had our feet up on the seats in front of us. And this was the first time that I had ever been in a movie theater without an adult.
0: And so we were like
1: really excited. And now that I think about how young we were, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> we were eight years old. Uh. Yeah. Is it?
0: Is this a kid's movie?
1: I think it was sold as a kid's movie.
0: I think it was, you know, and I I think I I remember really liking it when I saw it. Like, uh, this is the year before I started doing my top 25 for the year. So I don't have a list for 1988, Mm -hmm. uh, but if you had asked me, I would probably say that Beetlejuice would be in my top 10 for 88, probably in the lower half, like eight or nine for mm-hmm. the year. Like I liked it a lot and saw it probably a couple more times in the, in the few years after that. Uh, but I feel like people who are slightly younger than me, like five to, t- to 10 years younger than me, like this is one of their all time favorites.
1: Yeah. I, this is, um,
0: I mean, if you were 8 to 13 at the time, like this was in your wheelhouse.
1: Well, also, it was my brother. My brother's younger than I am. When it came out on video, we watched it all the time. We watched it over and over and over again. And it was very much a part of our childhood uh movie watching. This and Goonies, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were the most watched movies in our house. <clears throat> and, yeah. So, I just – I thought it was – I mean, putting myself – Back then, and thinking like what my impressions were of it, I remember loving Lydia, Winona Writer and just being like, "Oh, she's like really looking up to her, thinking she was just the coolest because she was so sarcastic, and she got to wear all black, and her hair was really cool." Um,
0: were you a goth at eight?
1: No, not at all. But I, I thought that she was just unique and interesting.
0: Yeah, you didn't know what a goth was.
1: I probably had no idea. Yeah. Um, and I remember just thinking that Beetlejuice was hilarious. Like he didn't scare me at all. Like I, I remember thinking he was just the funniest, weirdest ghost thing I'd ever seen.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, th- that's why to me it, 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 has elements of a kid's movie because I think you'd have to be awfully little to really be scared by the character of, of Beetlejuice. Cause yeah, I
1: think he, he's, I mean, there
0: are creepy parts and there are some kind of creepy images but for the most part it's uh it's played as very silly.
1: When it gets too serious or scary uh it feels like Tim Burton really backs off right away. And Yeah. Yeah. And also just the way that the sets look and the I guess the scenic design of the whole thing adds that cartoon element to it. So it's not just the characters that feel cartoonish, but also the the environment feels cartoonish. And so it's hard to take any of it too seriously or to get too upset by any of it, I think, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, the whole thing feels like a live-action Looney Tune. Yes. <laughs> now, how much of the design is Tim Burton and how much of it is Bo Welch, do you know?
1: I don't know. I know that Bo Welch worked with Tim Burton a lot us uh, after this movie i don't know if he still does or not i think he directs some of those a series of unfortunate events things for netflix
0: yeah um, and he directed the cat in the hat movie too
1: oh yeah yeah uh but he also did batman and i think batman returns and he did the men in black movies so he has a very specific i mean those all feel in the same genre <laughs> to me
0: absolutely yeah i i think Everybody uh kind of gives Tim Burton credit for the visual design of of this movie, but I think Bo Welch has a very distinctive style that's in a lot of kind of fantastic or over the top or stylized movies, and so he he probably should have equal credit for the look of this movie because it, yeah. it's very it's very unique and cool.
1: There was this interview with him online and I was looking for it this morning, <laughs> and I saw it once and I think it was when the Beetlejuice had the 25th anniversary and he was talking about the production design of it, but I couldn't find it. So I'm going to look again and I'll post the link if I can find it. Uh, but he's not, yeah, he's not, I haven't really heard him talk a lot, Bo Welch. So I don't really know what he takes credit for or not.
0: Yeah. I'd be curious to know what his sensibility is.
1: Uh, Interestingly enough, he's married to Catherine O'Hara is that interesting? And- I think it's interesting.
0: <laughs> well, you think anything related to Catherine O'Hara is incredibly yes. interesting. Uh,
1: but they met on this movie. They met on Be- Beetlejuice and then they got married and they're still married.
0: What a story. What a love story.
1: What a love story. What a real true Hollywood romance. I mean, it's not like our Hollywood romance,
0: but. <laughs> Which is one of the great romances of all time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I love Catherine O'Hara. And this was the first movie I think I ever saw her in because Home Alone came out later. And I don't even think that I understood that she was the same woman when I saw Home Alone. Oh, really? I was thinking of this the other day. I was like trying to remember as best I could, which wasn't at all, ended up being not at all, (laughs) when I discovered that Catherine O'Hara was the actress from Beetlejuice and the actress from Home Alone. Uh, I would guess I was a teenager probably before I realized.
0: <laughs> so you weren't familiar with SCTV. See, I knew her from SCTV.
1: No, I had, I didn't see any of SCTV until maybe college. So yeah, I wouldn't have even known what SCTV was because I mean, it wasn't ever on in my house. We didn't even really watch SNL until I was older. And then I think the first time that I really was like, understood who Catherine O'Hara was as an actor was probably when I saw Waiting for Guffman when I was in high school. And then I re- realized that she was the same actress from all of these movies.
0: Yeah. I think those moments where you're conscious of actors as actors and their versatility and that they do a lot of different things that could be completely different, uh, especially for somebody who ends up being a performer. I think that's kind of a cool realization.
1: Yeah, and then I went and saw I know I saw Best in Show uh when I was in college at the Music Box in Chicago.
0: Yep, that's where I saw waiting for Guffman.
1: And Fred Willard was there. He did a talk back afterwards and cool. I just remember being like, "Oh my god, this is amazing. This is what I want to do." Um and uh, yeah. And then I've loved Catherine O'Hara ever since, and I've met her twice.
0: And what are those two times that you met her?
1: I met her. My friend was a writer's assistant on a cartoon that she was working on. So my friend Brandy Stillwell, who's now a comic book artist, no comic book writer, excuse me. Uh, she brought me in to listen to a table read. And then as it was all breaking up, Catherine O'Hara was at the crafty station and Brandy was like, Catherine, I want you to meet my friend Carla. And Catherine turned around and she had her mouth full of celery or something. (laughs) And she started laughing. And she was like, oh, sorry. Nice to meet you. And like that was really fun. Uh, Very brief. And then the second time I met her was – gosh, I don't know if – actually, I can't remember the order. I don't know if I met her first there or at the Second City 50th. Well, that would
0: have been in 2009. So –
1: Shoot, I can't, maybe I, I met her first, maybe I met her first in Chicago at the Second City Reunion. Yeah. And then I'm, yeah, that must be it. That makes more sense time-wise. But anyway, so I was there with you and it was in Chicago and they were doing the SCTV panel and then she came through the room backstage and <laughs> I kind of grabbed her in a weird way. And I was like, Catherine, can I please get a picture with you?
0: You hunted her down and demanded a picture.
1: I did. I was like, I love you so much. And she was like, oh, thanks. And clearly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> also, like everybody's looking at her and all the other SCTV people the whole time. Uh, And I was like, do you, do you mind if I get a picture real quick? And she was like, oh, okay, sure. And so we took this picture and it, my forehead looks like it's exploding. In the picture, <laughs> like all the veins in my forehead <laughs> are popping out. Because you're
0: ner- nervous or excited? I
1: think I'm just like freaking out. I think I was freaking out. Uh, and then her friend like pulled her away, I was like, come on, we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that was the only time I saw her in person that whole weekend, which was weird because all the other, I felt like, I feel like we kept running into all the SCTV people backstage. Or not backstage, what whatever it was, like just at the parties.
0: Yeah, Martin Short sat right in front of my parents and blocked their view at something, right? Uh
1: let's let's be totally clear that I got up to get a drink and I came back and Martin Short had stolen my chair.
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what a douche.
1: <laughs> he didn't know, but still it was weird because they were tables. They were like cocktail tables. Yeah. Or what are those called? The big table the tall tables?
0: Cocktail tables.
1: And there were like four chairs and your parents were sitting in two of them and your sister was in the other one. So I got up to get a drink real quick and I came back and he was just sitting with your family.
0: <laughs> in full Jiminy Glick makeup too, which was really <laughs> weird. Yeah.
1: Not true. Uh anyways. That was amazing. I also met Eugene Levy that weekend and I what? tricked his brother into getting <laughs> I recognize his brother only because they look exactly alike. And I walked up to him and I was like, are you Eugene Levy's brother? And he was like, yeah. And so we started talking and I was telling him how I worked at second city and, you know, worked for second city and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, Oh great. And I was like, Hey, when Eugene comes in, do you think you could ask him to get a picture with me? (laughs) (laughs) And he totally did. And Eugene Levy was nice. Kind of nice about it. Nice enough. not thrilled, but totally like a <laughs> being kind or whatever. Um, but I had met Eugene Levy when I first moved to LA because I did background work on some shitty kids movie that he did. <laughs> and, a, mo- a
0: movie that was shitty or a movie about shitty kids?
1: Uh, it was about a, bas- a kid basketball player. I okay. forget the name of it. Anyways, uh, I met him. And I went up to him and I was like, oh, my God, I love Waiting for Guffman and Best in Show so much. And he was like, really? <laughs> and he was like, you seem so young. And I was. And I was like, I know, but I love them. He's like, oh, well, that's very nice. Thank you. And he said, well, we're making another one. So keep an eye out for it. And that was A Mighty Wind.
0: And they did make it.
1: And they did make it. The so prophecy are,
0: became true.
1: Those are my Eugene Levy and Catherine Harris stories.
0: Now, you're not much of a fangirl in general, so uh mm-hmm. those are two of the very few people that would cause you to freak out. And Schitt's yes. Creek is now your favorite TV show.
1: I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I can't stop watching it. And I was talking to Erin O'Regan. What, what? She's probably listening, Uh hopefully. From our
0: Taxi Driver episode.
1: Yeah, I saw her last night and we were talking about Beetlejuice and she was like, yeah, the Delia Dietz is Moira Rose basically Uh, like it feels like the same core of a character so Moira Rose is I'm sorry Moira Rose is the character that Catherine O'Hara plays in Shiz Creek Okay. and so she just kind of she's also like a city you know uh, I don't know uh, what am I trying to say she's like a, a ridiculous melodramatic person from the city who like can't be in the country uh, and she's too sophisticated to be here or whatever. And so it's kind of like a similar character, although Moira Rose feels much broader in a fun way to me. Um So anyways, we were talking about that and how that's an interesting thing. Like 30 years later, Catherine O'Hara is now playing another version of Delia Dietz.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and didn't is you go- it
1: is it cool? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, yes, I love Beetlejuice. I love Catherine O'Hara. Winona Ryder, for my generation, was probably the it girl. Uh, more so than like I, I was just a little too young to really care too much about Molly Ringwald. I think right. And then, like when Reese Witherspoon or Julia Stiles, like that whole era was just a little behind me. I think.
0: Was there a Julia Stiles era?
1: <laughs> well, Ten Things I Hate About You, people loved that movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, so I was just a little too old, I think, when that came out. Uh, so Winona Ryder for me was like the the lady. <laughs>
0: Yeah, cuz Molly Ringwald's heyday was like 85 through 87.
1: Yeah. It was
0: a short-lived reign. And then but Winona like had a a long and still has had a long career. Uh but yeah, I I think her heyday of being, you know, a teenager to 20 something uh would have been like late 80s to late 90s and so many iconic roles. Yeah. Reality so- Bites was a big one for your generation, right?
1: yeah and that was that was older than what than what I was, but again, like i those were the movies that I was watching. I loved reality bites and little women and oh yeah, yeah, she just had like a run of movies right when I was entering high school that were really popular um but then I knew her from Beetlejuice already too, so yeah, she was pretty young, I think fifteen or sixteen when they filmed this movie.
0: Yeah, Heathers was my big Winona Ryder movie. And Heathers, yes. <clears throat> that movie was in my top 100 for many years. I don't know that it totally holds up now, though I have a lot of affection and sentiment for it. I still think it's really, really I think it's funny. it's great.
1: Yeah. I just watched it. Not to, did we watch it together? Not to, within the. Last I
0: think you year. watched it, and I kind of was in and out of the room. But it's
1: fantastic. I think it's re- a really great movie. I don't know how they could possibly make it today, but then they did. <laughs>
0: no, they couldn't. Yeah,
1: but it's a TV show.
0: That's right. It is a TV show. <laughs> so they, did. they held off for a while after school shootings, though. Right. Like it, it aired like six months later after it was supposed to start.
1: And it was a musical too, wasn't it? A Broadway musical for. Maybe a short time.
0: I think so. And there's going to be a Beetlejuice musical.
1: There is.
0: Two. That's written by Anthony King, who's a uh, UCB improviser who I've met before. Yeah. Uh, So that's really cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, They always, they keep talking about a sequel for Beetlejuice, meaning like they, I don't know, it's like a rumor on the internet. I don't think it'll ever happen.
0: (laughs) Nor should it. Yeah. There's no reason to make a sequel. I really hope they don't. Uh yeah, one thing I was impressed about watching the movie this time is just how tight it is. It's an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh and especially in the era where anything uh in the movies that it has a fantasy element to it has such a ornate mythology. Uh and I was interested watching this movie by how little of it really makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. Like, well,
1: yeah. Plot wise, there's giant <laughs> leaps in logic.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, and you referred to Beetlejuice as a demon. Like, I don't know. Is he a demon? Is he a ghost? Is he just a guy who died a long time ago?
1: I think that they say he's a demon. Okay. I think that that's what, um, the caseworker says
0: but he was a suicide right so he was alive at one point as a so human so here's
1: what i okay so i did not understand any of this until i was reading about the movie they are all in purgatory this isn't just what happens when you die they're in purgatory and
0: the maitlands and, yeah and and beetlejuice
1: i'm assuming beetlejuice as well because he's stuck in the same realm as them mm-hmm. i think anybody who has to like go and see the caseworker is stuck in some sort of purgatory. Okay. And the Maitlands have to be in that house for 125 years until God figures out what to do with them. God? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Is God involved? That's
1: what I read online. And I don't remember hearing any, I did remember hearing something about 125 years and when we rewatched it. Okay that they were stuck there for 125 years but i thought that they meant that they that's how long they had been there i don't know i don't know what i thought but anyways that's what i read online is that their they will their whole thing will get figured out in 125 years but they have to be in purgatory until then so if that's true then beetlejuice is also in purgatory
0: yeah and he He finds out about them and decides that, like, what is he trying to do? He's trying to also get out of purgatory?
1: I think so. I think if he marries someone, a human, he can get out of purgatory. I think that's the idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it makes no sense. It makes no sense except that it makes total sense if you just watch the movie and through visual (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> through visuals and emotions and good acting it's just it's just fine
1: <laughs> yeah it's just it's just fun it's yeah my I point was... is,
0: is not that i want a solution to all this stuff it's just uh that it doesn't matter
1: no i don't i think it's so ridiculous and the the world that they've built is just so fun and bizarre it's just so bizarre that for me I don't care about any of those details at all.
0: And even the summoning Beetlejuice still like, do you understand how that works? I know like you say his name three times, but yeah. you say three di- three his name three times to like make him big. And then when you say it three times, he's small again. Or well, like, I think
1: he's like trapped in, uh, he can't do anything. He can't do his powers unless somebody says his name three times. Yeah. Which isn't, True, either because he builds a whole <laughs> in the little town model that that Alec Baldwin's characters created. Beatles just lives there and he's built this whole strip, strip club. club. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so weird. Okay. So I had been warned by multiple, by several people that this movie probably wouldn't hold up for me. Uh, and I was really nervous about it because I hadn't seen it in a while. But this movie totally held up for me.
0: (laughs) Now, were they thinking not held up because just because the the comedy doesn't work anymore or because there's uh, problematic sexual stuff in it?
1: I think both. I think that um, one person said that it was just too weird and it just doesn't make sense anymore. And then and also that person mentioned that when you rewatch it, Michael Keaton's hardly in it at all, which is true. It is true. I didn't realize like he's only in a third of the movie, probably if even, yeah. uh, and then another person had shown it to her daughter a couple years ago and her daughter was like, what is, this? <laughs> which is totally fair. Right. I mean, yeah, I can, I can see, you know, an 11 or 10 or 11 year old watching this now and being like, what the, what the heck is this? Uh, and also, like the stuff with Beetlejuice having to marry this 15 year old girl, that's creepy and weird. Um, but it doesn't feel, ugh, it doesn't, because he's such a strange, bizarre, creepy character, it doesn't, it doesn't feel scary or like she's really in danger at any moment to me when I was rewatching it. So, uh, and maybe, Maybe this makes me sound old or something. I don't know. But it just didn't bother me in that way. Like, I didn't ever really feel like he was going to actually be able to marry her.
0: Yeah, he's supposed to be a demon, and he's just supposed to be the grossest guy ever. So, like, it's exactly what it's supposed to be. You know, yeah. he's, he's supposed to be pervy and gross, but I, I don't really feel like it crosses a line. Like, it is a PG movie.
1: Right. Yeah. But so I also – I can see why some people would – yeah, I mean, it's just whatever. People are allowed to feel what they want to feel.
0: <laughs> Abs- absolutely, and but I think, yeah, if you're used to a different sort of storytelling, which I think you get now, where things are explained a little more for you, and you're supposed, yeah. you know, there is a internal logic of the world, you're going to be frustrated by this world, which is just so based on leading you with visuals rather than logic. Yeah. Like, like the sandworm is supposed to be on Saturn. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> like, that's so weird. I didn't and, know that was Saturn until I was reading about it again. And why
0: are the the people in the afterlife of like there's blue people too? Of like, why are they blue? Yeah, are well, they aliens? I, I love, like, there
1: is that explanation from the clerk uh, at the office where she's like, "This is what death looks like for him, and this is what it looks like for him, and this is what it looks like for, him, and looks like for you." And so she's. Basically just saying that, you know, depending upon how you die and how you lived, that's how you look in the afterlife.
0: Yeah. But why is the magician's assistant blue also?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. I, I think that that's a totally I, that was a moment that I didn't ever remember hearing. And then when wa- when I was watching it this time, I was like, oh, there's a justification for that. Yeah. So there, it's there. It's just whether it's satisfactory or not, I guess it's up to you.
0: Though the Maitlands who drowned should be waterlogged, uh, but apparently Tim Burton just didn't want to deal with uh, having the actors wet the entire time. Yeah. Uh, so, like, even like the logic of that is not carried over into the main ghosts that we're following.
1: I just assumed it was because they they were such nice people and their their <laughs> lives they were they were like supposed to be wholesome and whatever. So I was something else that I found out is that there was a different ending originally where Lydia dies in a fire and she joins them in the afterlife. She the joins t- the Maitlands in the afterlife
0: In the Tim Burton version. Did, was that know. shot or was that in an earlier draft?
1: I don't know. It didn't say,
0: yeah, I'm glad.
1: I think it might've been shot. Cause they said then people watched it and were like, you can't, you can't do that.
0: <laughs> uh, oh wow. So they like screened that.
1: Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm making all this up, but.
0: <laughs> well, don't, a lot. don't make shit up, Carla.
1: No, uh, just that it was an original ending. Um, which I think could have been interesting too. There is this really sweet, uh, storyline about how Lydia just wants to connect to her parents. And like, we don't know what happened to her mom. We know that Delia is her stepmother and that she, they don't get along. Right? Uh, or that they don't, yeah, I guess they don't get along, is what we're led to believe. And so she kind of looks to the Maitlands for that familial relationship. And there's that really sweet moment where Gina Davis, they, when they have like messed up their faces and they look crazy, which is the best Halloween costume I've ever seen, by the way. Um, and she's like, I don't know if we want – I don't know that we want to scare them for real. I actually really like this little girl. And so – and we also know that they couldn't have kids. There's a whole scene about them not being able to get pregnant um, in the beginning of the movie before they die. So anyways, there's this like sweet thing where Lydia wants them to be her parents or at least to be, you know, parent-like and they want to take care of Lydia. And I think that's so I don't know. It's just because the movie is so bizarre and, and Beetlejuice is so gross. That's just a really sweet element to it. And it works like it w- might not work with so much stuff going on, but I think because of the actors, it does.
0: Yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that other ending where Lydia dies. Cause I think the ending is so great. Yeah. Uh, and she really has two sets of parents. Uh, that are all kind of raising her together and it's very sweet and then uh using uh jump in the line by harry belafonte is such a great song and uh the image of levitating her is just so fun and it's just such uh such a exhilarating place to send this movie out on i think
1: i agree and there's also that great scene um or moment in the scene uh when beetlejuice is there and he's uh trying to marry Lydia and her, her real parents, Delia and whatever his name is, the dad, like call her over and they're trying to protect her. So you get this sense that they do really love her too. And they do both of them care about her and like want her to be okay. Yeah. So it it all kind of comes together in a sweet way at the end. Yeah. Okay. So then we have to talk about my favorite scene, which is probably the most iconic scene. Do you know what scene I'm talking about?
0: The most iconic scene. Uh I don't the most, know.
1: The most iconic scene. That, oh, the
0: Deo, the deo yeah, scene. Yeah. Which
1: is so interesting because Delia and – Catherine Hara and Jeffrey Jones aren't the main characters. But, like, that's the most memorable scene, I think. And my, Michael Keaton's not in it. Gina Davis – Winona writer, like none of the main actors are in the scene. Isn't that interesting?
0: That is. I mean, you can kind of – Lydia's like off to the side, right? Or she's not at the table, but it's it's them and their dinner guests. And, uh, yeah,
1: maybe you're right. Maybe you're right.
0: But Beetlejuice has possessed them and is making them sing Deo, right?
1: Uh, what- no, no. Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin do that.
0: Oh, OK. So that's the Maitlands that are doing that.
1: Yeah, they're trying to scare them off, but then they end up loving it. Yes, And so there's this cool thing when you watch the scene, like if you're really paying attention. So Catherine O'Hara is the first one to start singing or whatever. And she's like looking. You can tell that she's like, what the fuck's happening to me? Just how just in her expression. And then they all start doing it and they're all freaked out. But then you can see the moment where they all start to enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) Which I just think is so... Like, how, how did they, that feels like a magic trick to me. Like watching these actors go from, and they're, they're lip singing the whole time and they're dancing. It's ridiculous, but you can totally see the moment where they're like, this is really neat. This is really fun. And it just kind of shifts.
0: It's very fun. I remember that scene bringing down the house in the theater, uh, yeah. seeing it for the first time. And then I feel like MTV showed that as a video fairly often. Oh, really? Around the time that the movie was out. Yeah.
1: That's funny. I think like um,
0: Deo went back on the charts uh briefly when this movie really was out. That's
1: really funny. Yeah. Anyways, I love that scene. I think it's. I could watch it, and I have watched it like twelve times this week.
0: I yeah it it had been definitely over twenty years since I had seen this movie. Uh. Because I liked it, but it wasn't necessarily like a personal favorite for me. So I haven't like sought it out. But it was interesting just seeing it as a time capsule in 1988 of where all these actors' careers were. And so weird of seeing Alec Baldwin, who definitely now has a specific Alec Baldwin type uh, alpha male character that he plays, of yeah. being just such a sweet, nice guy in it. Yeah. It's it's so anti Alec Baldwin. And Gina Davis, uh, this is the same year that she won the Academy Award for Accidental Tourist. Uh, but she was still fairly new to movies, like she had only done a handful. She had the fly a couple years earlier than that. So it's very toward the beginning of her career too. This is Winona Ryder's only her third movie. Yeah. Uh Catherine O'Hare had not done that many movies before this. Michael Keaton obviously was uh, a pretty big star. But his – and the, the movie was kind of selling Beetlejuice as the hook uh, character. But I looked up the time that he, that scene where the Maitlands kind of meet him for the first time. You've seen him in like a little – a couple little scenes without really seeing the character. But that's the 45-minute mark where we really see him for the first time. It's the halfway point of the movie.
1: so crazy. That's just – how did they pull that off? I mm-hmm. don't know but it's just enough. Like you get just enough of the Beetlejuice character. He's, he would almost, it would be too much if he, because he's so big and yeah. bizarre and grading almost, you know, that it would just be too much if you saw him any more than you do. I think
0: it's exactly the right balance. I think it's, it's impressive uh that the confidence to, to pull that off of kind of withhold that character and make him more special.
1: Yeah. Um, So Pee Wee's Big Adventure was also a big movie for me when I was a kid. But I think that was the only other thing Tim Burton, only other movie Tim Burton had directed. Am I right or am I wrong?
0: Yeah, that was his first feature.
1: He was 29 when he directed Beetlejuice. That's crazy. Pretty
0: pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I think I kind of – Watching this really made me think that I kind of give Tim Burton a bad rap because – Me too. (laughs) And yes. to be fair, I have not seen some of his worst reviewed movies, which are over the last 15 years or so. Uh, but I, I think I've always kind of had this perception of him as the guy with a lot of talent whose movies are good or okay but are just like just short of greatness but when i actually like look back at his whole filmography i'm like oh i like that i like that i like that yeah that's good (laughs) you know i think maybe maybe there is a style over substance thing and so uh maybe his career ultimately is a little disappointing but there's really of the ones i've seen the only one i really did not like was planet of the apes I never uh, saw that. And then we started watching Alice in Wonderland and only made it through like 20 minutes of it. Yeah. Uh I did not see the Willy Wonka remake. I did not I see did. Dark Shadows or Miss Peregrine. I did. Um,
1: <laughs> do you
0: like any of one. those?
1: I didn't realize he had done that last one. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't really like any of those. Uh I also did go back and finish the Alice in Wonderland and did not care for that either. Um, but then looking earlier on, like Pee Wee's big adventure, Beetlejuice, Edward Scissors hands. Um, what are the others? Edward, Edward,
0: big fish, sleepy hollow,
1: sleepy hollow. I really like, I watched that not too long ago and I, I still really like that. I, I wasn't a big fan of big fish. I need to go back and rewatch that one. Cause everybody seems to really love that movie.
0: Guys, guys like that movie. It's for f- yeah. uh, guys with father issues,
1: <laughs> but we did watch big eyes. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Like that
0: wasn't great, but I mean, it wasn't, even-
1: it wasn't great. It wasn't, I don't even, I'm not, I'm going to say it wasn't even good. I didn't like it. Yeah. I, there's something about his movies recently. W- where it's like uh, there's no – I don't know. Like the the whole – the thing with Beetlejuice where it's like a comedy but it also has this sweet undertone. But it also is really bizarre. Like I feel like his movies now just feel more Hollywood to me. Like they have to make sense.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: because they have to make sense, they're not interesting anymore.
0: <laughs> that he's lost some of his natural quirkiness. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it's because of Hollywood's thing of only going with existing properties yeah. and and that Tim Burton, you know, for something that has a fantastical otherworldliness to it, he's the go-to guy. But really, there did not need to be another Planet of the Apes movie. There did not need to be another Alice in Wonderland movie. Nobody cares about updating Dark Shadows 40 years after the TV show. Right. Uh There did not need to be uh something uh, they're not did, did not need to be a remake of Willy Wonka right, for god's right. sake you know? man
1: i was so excited about that though and i remember sitting in the theater and it was over and just being like what the fuck was <laughs> why did they do that yeah again
0: it's it seems on paper of like johnny depp as willy wonka of like it's perfect right but right but it did not need to happen
1: oh but uh what is the um? Oh, Night Number Before Christmas. We like.
0: Yeah, but he didn't direct that. That's Henry Henry uh, Selick.
1: What but did he, he do?
0: I mean, he produced it. I mean, he may have written it too. I think it's more that he kind of attached his name to it. But it's Henry Selick who did Coraline. Oh, and I
1: like and Coraline the other, a lot too. The
0: other, the other Leica movies. So yeah, maybe after talking about it maybe uh maybe we were totally fair to Tim Burton's career. Yeah,
1: yeah I don't it, know.
0: Yeah, what but he, what is
1: he working on now? I'm sure he's working on something.
0: Dumbo, live action Dumbo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, it's another existing property.
1: Like yeah, I just wish he would do something original again. Anyway, or something new. Okay. <laughs> Well, but, whatever. I,
0: but I hate that Disney is remaking all of their classic animated movies as live action. It's just a cash grab.
1: I I hate it too, but I really liked Beauty and the Beast.
0: <laughs> Didn't see it.
1: I think because I hated the idea so much that when I actually sat down to watch it, I was like, whoa, this is really <laughs> good. Anyway, we've gotten off topic here.
0: Well, I I will do a top five Tim Burton because it watching this made me think about it. Okay. and. Would this uh,
1: be number one?
0: Well, let's go five to one. Is <laughs> <laughs> this
1: number um,
0: five? Um, I actually do like Batman Returns better than Batman, uh, though I think neither of them would make my top five Burton. I would say Edward Scissorhands, number five.
1: Okay.
0: Pee-wee's Big Adventure, number four. Okay. Big Fish, number three.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Ed Wood, number two, and Beetlejuice, number one. Wow.
1: I can't believe you like this movie that much. I
0: really liked it. Really liked it. Now, by the way, another of your duties uh, is to collect Craig's quotes. Uh, You didn't
1: didn't say anything.
0: Well, I think that's the problem is I don't really talk during the movie. (laughs) And then you also did not have your notepad ready to write them down. But I did manage to get a few Carla's quote she's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes whatever they are it's Carla's quotes. as the credits are coming in uh it, we, we weren't gonna do any quotes whatsoever I said are, are you gonna write down any Craig quotes and you're like yeah I don't feel like it uh and I'm like <laughs> I'm like okay fine but then you started talking immediately during the opening titles and I'm like all right I gotta take out my iPad and start writing these down Uh, because as the actors' names were coming in, so here, here, here's the opening (laughs) titles, you know, Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Jeffrey Jones, Carla says, Predator, (laughs) Catherine O'Hara, Queen, (laughs) Winona Ryder, Thief, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Predator, Predator, Queen, and Thief. (laughs) Also three great movies, uh, <laughs> with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Helen Mirren, and James Caan, respectively. Wow. Uh, during the opening credits, uh, Dick Cavett. Holy shit. That's what I know Dick Cavett from.
1: <laughs> well, when we, when I met Dick Cavett, it was after a thrilling adventure show.
0: Yeah. He'd guested in a thrilling adventure show.
1: And I was like, I know this guy from something. And then and I'm Mark like, he's <laughs> Mark Evan Jackson was like, you, well, you said – go ahead. Say what you said. He, what did I say? You said from the Dick Cavett show.
0: He's Dick Cavett.
1: And and then I was like, no, that's not it. And
0: I don't Mark, know him from being Dick Cavett.
1: And Mark Evan Jackson was like, hey, that's, that's fair because you're you're young or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he totally took my side while you were trying to make fun of me is all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, what I'm saying is that Mark Evan Jackson – is a hero <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah it was from beetlejuice that's what i know dick cabot from go ahead
0: yeah but o- you only realized that in rewatching it this time yeah yeah uh and then i was writing down quotes and you said i'm so glad you're doing the hard work i have pink eye
1: oh don't tell everyone that i had pink eye i did it <laughs> it didn't end up being pink eye thank god
0: just a, so I
1: broke my elbow last weekend roller skating.
0: Happy mm-hmm. birthday
1: to me! Mm-hmm. And then I woke up a few days later and I couldn't open my left eye. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, do I have pink eye now? But I didn't, it's fine now,
0: yes. But how's your elbow doing?
1: It hurts,
0: <laughs> it hurts,
1: it hurts.
0: Now we were watching this movie, uh, on a DVD at a Airbnb and they had their fancy TV set to the thing where old, uh, dvds look really weird because they have like this this fancy hd setting that's set for sports where it's a it's adjusting to a different frame rate and it looks really weird and too lifelike so i had to go in and start adjusting the dvd settings to make sure it looked normal to us and uh carla said does that look right uh and just then gina davis on screen said it looks great (laughs)
1: it was such a beetlejuice moment
0: it was a spooky beetlejuice moment it was almost like she was haunting us in in that moment
1: oh another quick thing about gina davis how you were saying like alec baldwin's playing against type gina davis we're not supposed to get the sense that she's like some sexy model like she's just she's supposed to be like a housewife like a girl next door kind of wholesome whatever
0: in small which, town connecticut.
1: Yeah, which is so different from who Gina Davis had been portrayed up to that point. Anyway. Yeah. Just yeah. Inter- interesting that he cast the way that he cast this.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Great uh Danny Elfman score too. Yeah. And as that Danny Elfman st- stuff starts coming in over the opening credits, I'm like, this is Danny Elfman, right? And I mostly meant that as a joke just because his style is so distinctive. Yeah. Uh, But I think he's worked with Tim Burton every time, right?
1: I don't know. I think so.
0: I love their death with the dog bouncing on the plank.
1: so funny again it's like a serious thing we're gonna watch them die but Tim Burton is like this is kind of funny right there's a dog on the plank that's holding them up from falling off the ledge and the dog just looks at them and then jumps off of it really quickly and they're
0: dead in five minutes like yeah. five minutes after the start of the movie so you have not my
1: favorite kind of movie they don't waste any time they get to it
0: you haven't had really any time to get to know them to feel bad or anything and right. then it's uh, I guess they shot a more graphic version of their death, which that's good that that was edited down because it's just like car falls in the water and then it cuts to them walking back in the house of like, whoa, that was weird,
1: yeah, know? uh
0: but so it it you're into the premise of the movie right away um when they get the uh the book for the recently deceased um Alec Baldwin mispronounces it as diseased, right, oh yeah, and Carla said that's a good joke. <laughs>
1: wasn't one that I remembered.
0: Disease, I deceased. And then he can't pronounce Beetlejuice either. He's saying Betelgeese.
1: Well, that's okay. Did you find – I couldn't find online why in the movie it's spelled one way and then yeah. the title of the movie is spelled a different way.
0: Well, it, Beetlejuice uh, is a star. Right. Um, I so I think it, it's spelled the way that the star is. Um, and, but that star, I believe, is really pronounced Beetlejuice. It's just spelled like (laughs) Betelgeese. Right. Um, so why they decided on that for the name of the character, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's certainly smart to have spelled it the way they did. They, the studio did not want to call it Beetlejuice. I think they wanted to call it House Ghosts. (laughs) And then Tim Burton print, uh, As a joke said to the studio, well, well, let's call it Scared Sheetless. Oh, right, right. And they almost went with that, apparently. Uh, But Beetlejuice is the perfect title for it.
1: Any other quotes?
0: Early on, or or when Michael Keaton had his first big scene, you just said, he's so funny. (laughs)
1: He's so funny. He's, (laughs) again, like totally cast against type. Never played a character like this. It was so good. So good. (laughs)
0: And obviously, he's improvising a lot of his stuff there. He's just riffing on what is there. I loved it. Well, here's another thing. Obviously, like all the effects are practical. This is before yeah. the C- CGI era. So, you know, there's stuff that's animation. Uh, There's certainly Tim Burton as like an animator had a very distinctive... Uh, style for the characters that he creates. And so th- there's a lot of that stuff in there. When the sandworm comes in and swallows him at, at the end, you know, yeah. it looks kind of fakey, but it's like, it's totally in the world of this movie. It's all like consistent and you just buy into it. Yeah. And when they stretch their faces out and then we see them later, it's obviously Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin wearing these things on their head, you know, but it looks really cool.
1: Yeah.
0: I love the handmade feel to all of it.
1: Me too. It's really fun. And I love the guy who uh he's the the guy who tells them what room they have to go to and he slides through the wall. So cool. Yeah. He's yeah. like hanging from the
0: He I was he was smushed to death. He was run over by a car, I think. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, it, and it just the, looks so crazy that it doesn't again, you don't feel sad or sorry for them.
0: Yeah. We didn't even talk about Sylvia Sidney. What's that? Well, she plays their caseworker.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Who is that?
0: Well, she was an old – I mean, she had one of the longest careers in Hollywood history. She started in silent films in the 20s. Uh, I think the movie she's best known for is Fury with Spencer Tracy from 1936. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, she worked uh, – I think she died maybe in the mid-90s, but I think she had like a 70-year career in Hollywood. Wow. Uh, but she's really great.
1: She's really funny in it.
0: And then that effect of smoke coming out of the slit in her neck. Yes, like,
1: it's so cool.
0: Like, that's obviously a real special effect, too. This was not nominated for special effects, which is insane. Yeah. Though it did win for makeup.
1: As it should have.
0: That's it, that's it for quotes. That's all I wrote down.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say about the movie. I mean, I just, I think you already covered it in terms of just how f- fast it moves. Which has been a big a big problem of mine with some of your films is how slow they are, so <laughs> I think that in terms of just pacing and length this this is right right in my wheelhouse for the stuff that I like to watch
0: Well, I can get why, as a kid, if it's something you're gonna watch over and over on v h s like yeah. why it's the perfect movie, yeah. By the way, like not only is it the 30th anniversary, you're seeing it a lot uh, for the Netflix 20th anniversary because the very first disc that they shipped out was Beetlejuice.
1: Oh, yeah. So it's on. We were just. Yeah, we just sent back a Netflix thing and it was on the back of the envelope. Yeah.
0: And by the way, several people uh, way. <laughs> <laughs> have reacted with surprise uh, that y- netflix still has a dvd service and that i still subscribe to it
1: oh really (laughs) (laughs) i think people people don't know
0: that people don't know that they still ship out dvds
1: yeah craig gets three a week is that right
0: two at a time two at a time time is the plan we're on
1: oh i always exaggerate everything (laughs) um
0: cool but back back in the day when you couldn't stream uh, I did have at one time, I think I had a five at a time plan. It was probably, yeah. che- it was probably cheaper than what we we're playing paying now, but I had a five at a time plan and I would usually like get them that day, watch them that day, send them back the next day. So I was probably watching 20 to 30 movies a, a month. Uh So I was one of those people that Netflix was not making money off of. <laughs>
1: There's a, Another scene that I really like in this movie before we go that I wanted to talk about, which was the, the sheets, the ghost in the sheets scene.
0: Yes. So funny.
1: It's so funny because it's so dumb. They're trying to scare them. So they cut holes in the sheets <laughs> for eyes. And uh, and Lydia's like, <laughs> uh, they're, they're trying to scare Delia and she sits up and she turns them off thinking that they're the television. <laughs> yeah. And Lydia has a great joke about her being, uh, spending the night with Prince Valium. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I'm sure, which I'm sure you got when you were eight.
1: I didn't. I think I just <laughs> got it this time. I know you're kidding. Uh, I love that scene. And then I think in terms of just a really great Catherine O'Hara scene, the scene where Lydia's trying to convince Catherine O'Hara that there are ghosts there. Um, and Catherine's like, can you please just. Can you please just try to get along and you know, when she's cooking dinner, I think that's a really great scene for Catherine O'Hara. So those yeah. are the two that you should definitely watch besides the Deo scene if you're only going to watch a few scenes from this movie.
0: So where would this movie rank in your personal list?
1: I mean, I have no idea. I don't I don't have a list, but I like this movie a lot.
0: Top fifty?
1: Sure. Let's say top fifty. Top 30? Sure. Let's say top 30. Top 20? I don't know.
0: Okay. Let's put it at 21.
1: Let's put it at 21. Sounds good. (laughs) What are the other movies at on my list? Do you know? You've been keeping track? Terminator 2 and any of the ones that we've done for Carla's list.
0: I think you said Terminator 2 would still be in your top 20.
1: I think it is. Yeah. Terminator 2 is a great movie.
0: (laughs) Uh, What else? We did What's Up Doc?
1: And um, Defending Your Life. Mm-hmm. And then we did the Christmas movies, which I feel bad about still. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Christmas Vacation would be in your top 100, right?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: But White Christmas, not so much?
1: Maybe. I don't know. This listing thing is exhausting.
0: It's how I live my life, babe.
1: Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay.
0: Well, well I would... I would give this movie an A.
1: You would? I was going to go with an A minus.
0: Oh, you're giving it an A minus despite the fact that it's your number 21 movie of all time?
1: Yeah, I guess it's an A. I don't know. I was thinking an A minus just because.
0: It doesn't make sense?
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe that's it. Well, also sometimes I get embarrassed thinking that like the stuff that I like isn't smart enough. <laughs>
0: Why does it have to be smart?
1: Good d- point. I don't it know. It doesn't because I want I want to be smart. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll give it an A too.
0: <laughs> That's very telling <laughs> that you were docking it a half a point because you don't want people to make fun of you for having Beetlejuice as one of your favorite movies. I think <laughs> I think people love this movie. Yeah. But Craig's listeners weigh in if uh, you think. Beetlejuice holds up or Beetlejuice does not hold up 30 years later, please let us know. Okay, we're moving on back to Craigslist and we have number 28 in the list next up and we're bringing back an old friend, our friend Jeff Passano, who is here for the E.T. episode, is going to discuss another Steven Spielberg movie with aliens in it. It's called Close Encounters of the Third Kind and uh, we'll see you very soon, Carla, Jeff and Craig, to talk spielberg NETs of various kinds thanks craig's listeners for tuning in we'll talk to you soon the list is an absolute good the list is life